Hey, my name is Tiffany Vaughn, and I'm on a mission to help regular people like me find their voice and then use it for lifting themselves and others up around them. I'm a small town mom to three kiddos with my hubby James, and man, have we been dealing with a lot. But isn't everyone? I lovingly call it our hard, beautiful journey, and I bet that yours is too. In season one, I tossed the bricks from my shoulders that were weighing me down. Bricks that represented shame, embarrassment, regret, loss, you name it, I was feeling it. I am now taking those bricks and building up a stronger foundation for myself and our family. I've created this safe space for me and you to open our hearts and our minds and to use our voices to help others know they are not alone in their struggles. Mental health, marriage and divorce, infertility, parenting, and some soul journey work are all topics that we discuss here. Let's be real for a minute. Life can definitely be hard, but it can also be so dang beautiful. Am I right? So pull up a cozy seat, grab your beverage of choice, and join me as I help others talk about their hard, beautiful journey. I know they will inspire you as much as they inspire me. So let's get started. Hello, and welcome to Hard, Beautiful Journey. As always, I am so grateful that you are taking your valuable time to listen to my podcast. My guest today is someone who blew my mind at many points in this interview, and I look forward to you hearing those moments. Jason Matthews is here to talk about two topics. The first part of our discussion is around men and women and how we interact with each other and our peers. Jason and I discuss a few areas such as distrust and competition of needs. The second part of our discussion is around human design and what that means. And then we get into a discussion about some of the results of my human design reading that I had with him earlier this year. It is absolutely fascinating. Some of the things that he told me. So let's get to it. Here is my interview with Jason. Hello, Jason. How are you doing? I'm awesome, Tiffany. How are you? I'm really good. I'm really excited to have you here today on my podcast because we're going to talk about men and women and how absolutely different we are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny because we, well, we, we're different and yet we're not because while we express certain things differently it's still the same expression if that makes sense I'll, I'll be able to talk about that more as we continue on but yes the the way that we the way that we interact is different but in the most harmonious way possible perfect excellent all right before we get into all that good stuff let's hear a little bit about you okay so my name is jason matthews and I have spent the last 20 years studying about human behavior, human interaction, emotional trauma, and the different ways that men and women interact with themselves, with each other, and their peers. And what I found is that there is a distinct difference how men want to be not only appreciated, but how they want to be recognized versus how women want to be recognized. And it all comes down to the way that they see themselves and they see others, the way that they want to interact um, with other people. 
Mm-hmm. And the way that they have been a one conditioned to and the way that they just do out of biology. And what I've found is that, especially in, t- in today's current society, there is a, a severe lack of the ability for men and women to express themselves properly because of the one thing that they're not allowing themselves to do, which is feel compassion. Mm-hmm. And compassion is the desire to be seen as friendly, as approachable, and as trustworthy. And both men and women want to do this, but for men, it's, it's well known that men for um, whatever reason have been taught that having those kinds of expressions is makes them look weak. It's emotional, so it doesn't serve them. And the only way that men can really be seen as men is to be powerful, is to show how competent they are. And competence is the ability to be seen as capable, as reliable, and as powerful. The unfortunate thing is when when men decide to just be seen as competent, they are alienating themselves from others. And the more competent they try to be seen in order to gain the approval of others, the less trusted they are. And it comes down to a point where they get labeled as being either narcissistic or having toxic masculinity, uh, being selfish or self-centered or even being egotistical. Mm -hmm. And it's through just the desire to do, the desire to act, be action oriented, which is really what competence is. And going so far overboard with that, that they tend to force their way into getting approval, which really just causes intimidation and, and fright. And uh, it's, they do that regardless of the circumstances. Mm-hmm. So men also have been given a double whammy because now that they've been labeled as being toxically masculine, they now are very self-conscious about how masculine they they appear. So if they're not able to be action-oriented and if they're not able to really connect with others, what do they do? Right, what do they do? And so what happens is they don't do anything productive. (laughs) And in (laughs) fact, what happens is they tend to react and respond in the most unhealthy ways. They become very competitive with each other. They act very frustrated or angry or very bitter towards society at large. And they do things that get them in trouble or worse. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So now when we look at women who are naturally predisposed to being compassionate and we take away that that uh, ability to be compassionate or that we, we take away the the belief that it is good to be compassionate we we just we remove that what, what, what we've done is we have now wiped out a huge thing that makes women who they are mm-hmm. women love to develop they love to nurture that they're, they're built that way and when they are not given that chance well now the only thing they have to do is show how competent they are and yes women are able to be competent they are able to show they are capable, reliable, and powerful. But they do that by showing how they can develop others, how they can really be that source of comfort so that they, they give permission to those who naturally do that ability to do. Mm-hmm. And if they aren't doing that, then what they're doing is they are feeding into 
toxic confidence. They, they are uh, representing the worst part of what it means to be powerful because now they are, they are using that, that, that confidence as their sole um, motivator. It's like, I'm, I'm better than you kind of thing yeah. where, where they start bringing down their male counterparts yeah. Which is which goes against the the female, the the, the female instinct. Right. They're not there to break people down. They're there to build people up. But if they aren't able to build build people up, they're very good at breaking people down. Mm-hmm. And it's because they aren't given that opportunity to show how they can develop. Yeah, I've actually. Um... In the last year and a half, I've been in a few different business groups with men and women, and I can see that women in general do want to still help other people, (laughs) you know, like they want to be the ones that reach out and help someone else more than the men in the group. Is that just me misinterpreting it or is that like actually happening that's actually happening that that's a biological instinct and it's because women naturally develop it has to do with the with the way that hormones are distributed really i mean women have estrogen and progestin men have testosterone Mm-hmm. Estrogen is is the hormone for developing. It's the hormone for nurturing. So yes, they're going to reach out and they're going to want to cultivate those, especially if they see someone who has potential to do great and they're not living up to that potential. They have the desire to reach out and say, "I want to help you." Yeah. And you you can be much better. You can do much better than what you're doing. And here's how. Yeah. That that makes them when they're able to sing that song. They become the most influential version of themselves, the best version of, the, of themselves, the most powerful leaders that they can be. Does that is that why they tend to be really good coaches? Yes, it is one of the many reasons why. Um, it's because they have that natural sense of wanting to develop, mm-hmm. and also why they're great educators. Because if you look at the the root word of educate, it's a educe, which means to draw out. Mm-hmm. So they're able to draw out of someone the thing that makes them great. They, they see that just naturally. And they're like, I, I, I see your greatness and you are not living up to your full potential, but here's how you can. Let me develop you so that you can be either the developer or the, or the, or the action taker that you need to be. So how does the man then um, develop more of that skill and the women develop more of the male skill? So I think that's actually um, the wrong question to ask. I think the best question to ask is how can each gender really um, manifest the best version of themselves? Love it. Yeah, love that. Because with, with men, they need to be given permission to say, there is nothing wrong with you. You have a great ability to act. That's what you're supposed to do. So do something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Get it done. That's yeah. what you're supposed to do. Get it done. And with, with the men, their sole purpose is to act. And the, the action of acting makes it possible for them to create something that allows women to, or, or that feminine energy to really express itself fully. Mm-hmm. There's a great metaphor for this. It's, it's the clay, you, if you have a clay pot, the clay pot has has 
firm walls. And those firm walls allow for a space to be present. But those firm walls do not define that space. Mm -hmm. The thing that defines that space is what is put into it. Right. So the masculine energy is that clay pot. It, It is that structure that allows that feminine energy to express itself in the best way possible. Mm-hmm. So you've got this, this dance that happens where the, the man becomes the container that the woman is able to express herself and she, in expressing herself, makes him a stronger container. Mm-hmm. And him being a stronger container allows her to express herself even more fully. Mm-hmm. So what is happening then with that dynamic in say a work setting where it isn't, they aren't dancing. Right. So normally this is, this is probably the best place to talk about what is known as the competition, competition of needs. Yes. This is where both people are saying I need, Mm -hmm. and they're doing a lot of talking or shouting either figuratively or literally, and neither side are listening. So Mm -hmm. now all that's happening is competition. And this is really where uh, compassion is lost because in being able to identify a person's strengths, all they see is this is the job that needs to get done. They focus on what's external, on what they need to um, compete against or compete with or compete against each other for to gain, to attain a certain goal rather than saying, this is what I have to offer. I want to know what you have to offer and how we can work together to accomplish that goal. Mm-hmm. And it has to do with the fact that we live in a society that is rewarded on what we have done, on what we have accomplished, combined with the belief that, I mean, you're, you're very well uh, versed in the lumber industry, yes. a very much male-dominated industry, mm-hmm. which my wife is also a part of. Mm-hmm. And in that industry, it's believed that men are more capable than women are whether that's true or not is irrelevant, but because the belief is there. Right. And because that belief is there, it's going to change the way that a man is going to interact with a woman in that space. And it's going to change the dynamic that a woman has with the male counterpart. Mm -hmm. So she is going to do her best to compete with him um, for getting the job done. If she's smart about it, she's going to recognize what her talents are so that she can get it done in her own way and provide the exact same level of service or result that the man would being able to do what he does naturally. Mm -hmm. But if the woman decides that she is going to compete in the man's arena where he is naturally dominant, men are action oriented, women are action minded. Mm-hmm. Women are, are development-oriented. Men are development-minded. The difference is that who, where, what you are oriented towards is what you're going to excel at without thinking about it. Right. So with, with a man, he's going to act just, just because he can act. Mm-hmm. With a woman, she's going to act because she feels that she has to. And she has to put forth that mental effort, which means that she's already behind the eight ball. Unfortunately, in in trying to compete with someone who naturally excels in doing the, the, the act of action. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And I can see that in, in the example that you gave for sure. Um, so how does it, 
the competition of needs? How does that destroy relationships? Oh, that's a great question. It destroys relationships because when both people, when both sides of, of the equation believe that they are entitled to have their needs met first, mm-hmm. there, there is no listening. It is just, you're going to do what I want. And that just creates absolute frustration. I was, are, are you on Clubhouse? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I, I was in a Clubhouse room and it was talking about this exact thing. And uh, someone had, had uh, said that um, women want to be heard while men want to be, want to be recognized for their accomplishments. And that, that's, not un, that's not untrue. It's not the full story. It's not untrue. Mm-hmm. And then she went on to say that it's, it's that it's a diametrically being opposed that creates the problem. And that's not true. The problem is that they're focusing on what they want to be appreciated for, mm-hmm. what they want to be recognized for. Mm-hmm. Rather than rather than asking the question, what is important? What, what is the most important thing first, so that the second thing can get done as well? Right. And it's but how do you de- how do you determine that if you both think that your needs are more important? Right. So with this goes back to the action oriented versus development oriented. A, a development oriented person is going to have a strong desire to listen first. And just the act of listening can sometimes satisfy that need mm-hmm. because the, the person who is saying, I need, feels like they are, they are being appreciated. They are, they are being listened to. And because they are being listened to, they reciprocate by wanting to find out what the other person needs as well. Mm-hmm. So instead of um, competing, what you're doing is you're, you are igniting the act of reciprocity where after you, like, for instance, let's let's say that hypothetically, you and I are, are in a situation where we, we are in a competition of needs. We both need something. Mm-hmm. And you feel like you need to be heard first. If I compete with you, it's going to make for a very bad interaction. Because whether I I whether my needs to be met first are real or not, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Someone needs to be willing to reach across the table and say, what is it that you need? Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter who, but the one who really is the one who's most aware of that dynamic that has the responsibility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if, if I realize that you have a need and I can help in some way satisfy that need and I'm aware that that dynamic exists, it's my job. It becomes my responsibility to say, what is it that you need? And then to listen to you, regardless of whether I can fulfill that need or not, the act of listening to you is going to make you feel appreciated. Absolutely. It's going to make you feel like you, you are important, that you have a voice. Mm-hmm. And because of that, you are going to naturally want to listen to what my needs are. Just mm-hmm. for, the, for the fact that I listened to you first. And this, does, it, it, this applies to um, romantic relationships, business relationships, friendships, even people who are in a mastermind who are working towards a common goal. Yep. You uh, hit something on the head there with uh, a situation with James and I, and I've talked about it on the podcast before, so it's no surprise, but um, just when I am wanting to talk to him and I'm listening to him and his, you know, his stuff about work and like, I'm asking questions and I'm engaging, right? But if the reciprocity isn't there, 
automatically shuts down the the want or the need to talk about more stuff and right. I just feel like he's not understanding my needs right like there's a competition there of mm -hmm. of understanding each other's needs and this is where it gets a little bit deeper because the example that I gave is very superficial it's very basic mm -hmm. well we, what I didn't cover was that the needs that we have are purely emotional Yes. Has nothing to do with the information. It has to do with the feeling. And Absolutely. so it's it's our feelings that need to be heard. Yeah. So if you're talking with James and he's relating to your day and he's just kind of rambling off stuff, mm -hmm. but he doesn't reciprocate, that should be a clue that what you've listened to or what he has shared isn't really what he needs to be heard on. Mm-hmm. And more than likely, he isn't sharing it because he doesn't know if it's safe to share what that, that need or not. Right. Yeah. And so, so my job is to make him feel safe. Right. In order to want to share that right. information with me or and that feeling, that emotion with me. Exactly. And safety is defined as not only being free of danger, but having opportunities for genuine support. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um. I don't know enough about your relationship with James for me to really speak on what that would look like. Mm -hmm. All that I can say is the, your ability to ask questions like, so what is really going on? You've mm -hmm. shared a lot about what your day, but what is it you are really feeling? Mm -hmm. How do you really you feel about that situation? Right. Mm -hmm. Questions that start with what or how, mm -hmm. like, how is it that, that how, how is your day today is a great opener, mm -hmm. but then saying, so how did that affect you? Right. How did that make you feel? Right. That, that might be a little bit too um, Deep, right cliche, yeah. a little bit too Freudian, yep. um, but just, just saying, so how did that affect you? I love that. Love because, that. because when, when someone asks, when someone gets, gets that question, so how did that affect you? Mm -hmm. they, they want to respond to that. Well, it made me feel, or I, I took it as, or I saw it as, or however else they, they interpret their reality, they're going to, respond in that way and mm -hmm. they're going to share even more and just the act of doing that that one simple thing out of out of the three necessary things for for effective communication is so huge mm -hmm. so um a lot of the information i get about this is, is from chris voss from um uh, the black swan group and i kind of boiled it down into a three-step process ask what and how label why and get that's right and the way that this works is you ask questions that start with what or how something like how how did that affect you or what effect did that have on you or what did that what did that do things things like that and then labeling with it sounds like it seems like it feels like it looks like yep and then being able to give a um let him know that you are listening to him and that you think this is what he is telling you uh, about what is what, what he wanted mm -hmm. um, based on his morals or values. So that second step is showing that you're listening. Right. <laughs> and yep. it's and it's showing them your interpretation of their answer. Right. And that's going to do one of two things. It's either going to get them to clarify or it's going to get them to say that's right. right. And saying that's right means I believe this to be true for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because if they say you're right, it just means shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh but my if, Lord, that has happened. 
<laughs> yeah. But if they say that's right, it means that they believe it to be true for them. And you will see their, their entire posture in their eyes completely change. It might actually be surprised if it's like, that's right. Like, how the hell did you know that? And then watch out because diary of the mouth is what happens next, where they really feel like, like they are being listened to. And now they really want to share. Yeah. And once they get to that point, then, and only then do they feel like it's okay to reciprocate. Mm. So do, does this interaction happen between men too, or? It should, uh, it doesn't happen enough, but it should. So how should this, they interact with each other then? The exact same way. So ask what and how, a label why, get mm -hmm. that's right. Mm -hmm. And th this isn't, this is not a male, female thing, female, female, or male, male. This is a human thing because what, what you are doing is you are showing that I want to understand you. I want to get to know what it is you think about, whether, even if it's just between friends, being able to get to, to a level where they, they can say, I want you to feel safe. I want mm -hmm. you to feel like you are free of danger, that you have opportunities for genuine support. Mm -hmm. And by, by, Having a person's counterpart, whether it be a man with, with, with a peer or a man with another woman, a woman with a peer or, or whatever, mm -hmm. it's, it's going to let that person know that they are supported, that they aren't alone, that they belong. Mm -hmm. And that is the most crucial thing that people need is to, let, is to know that they belong. Not that they're, they're, they're the same as, or that someone is just like them, but that regardless of the differences, they belong in that situation. They belong in that, in that interaction and that they are as important as the next person. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I know that you work with a lot of men. Can you give me some examples of what, what coaching you do with them? So I found that, a lot of people that I work with have suffered some sort of loss or trauma, and they've really lost their voice. Um, they've either become the person that is hyper competent, where they have kind of turned into that a-hole that no one wants to be around, mm -hmm. um, because they're trying to prove themselves so desperately that they're alienating themselves with everyone else, or it's this person that's kind of shut down because they don't know how to how to be. They don't want to appear weak, but at the same time, they don't want to appear like an asshole. Right. So they they tend to just kind of shut down. And so what I do is I let them know that the way that they're supposed to be is not wrong. It's not weak. It, there, there's nothing that they are doing incorrect other than just being them. And I show them how they can be okay in being them and how they can celebrate that for themselves and for others. Mm -hmm. Because by them being the best version of themselves, they become a very powerful leader that other people want to follow that other people want to know more about. They become the most interesting person in a room without even needing a beer commercial. <laughs> and they are able to create the kind of dynamic with their peers, with women, whether it be in a relationship, whether it be in a business, whether it be in a social setting, they create the kind of dynamic where other people find them so interesting because they have shown that they are interested in others because they are comfortable with the, their ability to be compassionate while still acting deliberately. 
I have worked with and I have um, dealt with a lot of different men in my career and I can definitely tell the ones that are comfortable in that and and really know themselves and and so I find it so interesting that that you are working with these with these men and helping them achieve that goal right because it you can definitely feel it when absolutely you can when you're interacting with somebody like that right so I'm very happy that you're and you know my thing is helping them find their voice mm-hmm. <laughs> anybody yeah men and women, like it's okay to talk and it's okay to show compassion and it's okay to be vulnerable, no matter if you're a man or a woman, right? So the other thing that I know that you know very, very well, because I've actually had a session with you is human design. Oh yeah. And I was wondering if you would talk a little bit about that with me. Sure. So human design um, was created by this man whose name I can't pronounce. And so I'm not going to try. <laughs> I can't either. I looked it up. <laughs> Ra Uru, something like something that. Something or other. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry for those who, who do know his name and who might take offense to that. Um, basically what it is, it, it's a um, combination of many different principles and schools of thought. So you've got astrology, you've got I Ching, you've got the Kabbalah, you've got the chakras, you've got uh, gene keys, um, which is like our, our, our genetic code that helps us uh, that helps us understand why we do what we do. And it's all kind of put together in this ones in this one format that helps us understand how we act, how we interact and how we react. Mm-hmm. And in human design, there are four different behavior types and each one has a very important task. So I'm going to start with the most common to the least common. So the most common uh, are known as generators or manifesting generators. It's actually uh, two different types. And these are the kind of people that respond to reality. These are the kind of people that are, are faced with an experience and they do something with it. They, they either continue its motion or they improve upon it or they herald it, where, where they, they, they get people to know more about it. They broadcast it. And the, this makes up about 70% of the population. So um, the belief is that generators are the life force of the earth. And I firmly agree with that because without generators, how can you possibly sustain any kind of action that's going to promote anything else? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the next common type are called projectors. And projectors are more along the lines of a guide. They don't have the ability to uh, sustain energy, nor are they able to um, create like a manifestor will, which I'll get into next. They're the kind of people who see what is possible and they connect the dots from point A to point B and they guide people to where they need to go. So if they see that there is a deficiency in someone in, in a certain place, let's say that they, they see someone who is very frustrated and they um, they aren't able to get what they need. And they see that, they're, that what they're lacking is either resources or connections or whatever it might be. They're going to be the ones to direct that person to help them along the way to find what it is that they need, that, that solution. But they're not going to do the work to bring them there themselves. 
They're just going to be the ones to say, this is what you need to do. Now do it. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're known as the, as a non-energy type, whereas a generator and a manifesting generator are known as an energy type, meaning that, so energy types have the ability to either create or respond. Non-energy types have the ability to either direct or detect. Mm, okay. um, so it has to do with, with the whole investment um, capability. So then there's, there's people who are manifestors like you. Yep. Um, manifestors, what they do is they create things. Mm-hmm. They start the process. They get the ball rolling. Mm-hmm. They understand what is needed and they just get the start. The problem is that once they get the ball rolling, they have to be willing to let it go. Yeah. Because they are unable, they, they are completely unable to sustain the, that energy from creation to follow through. Mm-hmm. That's the job of the generator. Mm-hmm. The best possible interaction or the best possible marriage would be to have a manifester with a generator because the manifest is going to say, I have this thing that I want to create that is going to solve a problem. Here you go. Generator says, great, I'm going to work with this and I'm going to make it better and I'm going to showcase it and I'm going to make sure everyone knows about it and I'm going to make sure that it it goes until the end of time. (laughs) Yep. And then the projector is going to say, okay, well, in order to do that, this is what you need to do. This is the way that you're going to actually go ahead and make that happen. Yeah. Yeah. And then you've got the fourth type, which is the reflector. The reflector, I'm sorry, the the, uh, manifester makes up about eight or 9% of the population. Okay. And the projector makes up about 21 to 23% of the population. Okay. Math isn't exact, isn't an exact science. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then you've got the reflector. Reflectors make up at most 1% of the population. 1%. They're, they're the least common. The, the only one that I could find that anyone would ever know about is Sandra Bullock. Really? Um, yeah, she, she is a reflector. Now, the thing about reflectors is what they do is they just observe what is going on. Then they take a 28-day cycle to be able to really um, understand what it means and then work with it, usually reflecting it back to show what is needed. Oh, so if you, interesting. So if you think about like, if you think about a industrial complex, how all four of these would work. You've got the the CEO, which is the manifester. Mm-hmm. He basically says, this is what I want to have done. You've got the worker, which is the generator saying, great, let, let, let's get this going. You've got the manager, um, which is the projector saying, okay, so th- these are the things that need to happen in order for this to work properly. Mm-hmm. They have the, the reflector, which is the foreman. Mm-hmm. And the foreman is responsible for letting people know that they're doing the right job. That, that things are working well or what is not working well enough. Right. So that's, that's really how the, the, that system would work uh, to create that, that whole dynamic. Uh-huh. The problem comes when someone who is a, a generator like myself decides they want to create something out of the blue. Mm-hmm. First of all, they're going to be met with, with heavy resistance, which is going to make them frustrated. And is, if they carry on too long because they're too stubborn like myself to understand when to quit it's going to result in them getting physically ill really yes because i'm not i I am not honoring um the part of me that actually has an ample energy source and i'm not doing what i'm supposed to yeah 
So I'm trying to act in a way where there is no energy present and I'm trying to force that to happen. Well, if you try to force something long enough, you make yourself vulnerable and then you, you create bad situations. Okay. Stop right there because holy smokes. (laughs) So I'm a manifester. Mm -hmm. So I'm the creator, right? Yes. Yep. So I have two scenarios here. I am a creative person and I, I like to see things through to the end, like, especially like in personal projects, like videos and films that I make so that I can't see me not following through or, you know, wanting to follow through, but in the work setting, like I know I've physically made myself ill by not wanting to stop and wanting to do all of the work. So I get that, but there's like, I, I have two different scenarios where I can't see me not following through on the creative side. So the, the big difference there I would see is when you are being creative, you're, you're still creating. Yes. The, you are, you're doing the art of creativity. The, the um, problem would arise after you create it, you decide to advertise, you decide to um, uh, create a uh, Facebook, distribute it, um, market it, do all that stuff that actually a generator is responsible for, for making sure that it gets out to everyone who needs it. Shut the front door. You just, you just made everything (laughs) make sense. My whole life. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Like I can create till the cows come home, but then actually doing something with it and like promoting it. And oh my Lord, that's, I need a generator to do that for me. Yes. And more than likely what also help is if you found someone who was a projector, who understood where your, um, where where your supply ended Mm -hmm. and where a generator supply would begin Mm -hmm. and was able to um, no, let you know, okay, this is where you stop. This is where they begin. Mind blown <laughs> right now. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. So there is a lot to human design. I there is, yes. my, my reading um, where, or do you call it a reading? What do you call it when you go through a human design I, I, a consultation, reading, whatever you want to call it. I mean, yeah, the, uh, many people who do human design call it a reading. So sure. All right. So it is based on you take your birth date mm-hmm. and time and location yep. where you're born. And that basically you put that into your program and, and it basically tells you <laughs> how you're designed and, right. and all of these different gates and everything. And since I have learned my human design, so many things at like just right now have started to make so much more sense on how I interact with other people and how they interact with me and um, like certain situations, like I'm a sleeper. And I believe that was one of my things where I, I, uh, I need to be away from people. I need to um, mm-hmm. have some time to myself, the hermit, yep. <laughs> the hermit. And yep. so can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. That has to do with a, um, the, what's known as the, um, behavioral line. So 
I think there are like either 12 or 16 behavioral lines and each one corresponds to a certain trait. What you, and there's always two lines that a person has. So your lines are two and four. So the two line is the hermit. And the hermit is someone who uh, by nature needs to be alone in order to process emotion, in order to process information, in order to be able to make sense of their reality. Mm-hmm. There is someone that needs to be outside of the influence of others in order to be able to decompress. Yes. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't like people. It just means that you can only tolerate them for a certain amount of time. Some people would call these people introverts. That is me. Yep. Um, so with also with that, um, there is, it's, it's only certain circumstances where that hermit state actually flips around and becomes more of an outgoing person rather than an ingoing person. And that's only when they are, there's this belief that they have value to share. Mm-hmm. And when they believe that they have something, that, that people believe they have something of value to share, they're willing to share that. Again, only for a limited amount of time um, while supplies last until they have to go back and decompress and purge whatever emotions they took on. So yes, I completely understand that because normally I am an introvert through and through, but this podcast, for example, is where I know that it's adding value to some people's lives. So I will step out of my introvert nature in order to do this work, right? But when I'm done with an interview, like I have to like decompress and mm-hmm. re- like recalibrate or something, right? Like, cause it takes a lot out of me to go against my natural tendencies. Right. So here's, here's the kicker because I said that everyone has two lines. Your first line is a hermit. Your second line um, is number four, which is opportunist. Mm-hmm. And this means that the experiences that you have, the people that you surround yourself with, the environment that you are in are going to provide opportunities and you are very keen to to see those opportunities and to capitalize on them. Mm -hmm. And this, some people see this as being kind of a contradiction because where your hermit side wants to be isolated, the opportunistic side of you wants to capitalize on that opportunity. Mm -hmm. And so as long as you are, um, seeing the opportunities, you're able to do that with reckless abandon. Doesn't matter. You, you could have like opportunities for days and you'd be able to just continually um, go after them without losing, without, without feeling drained mm-hmm. because there's no emotional investment for you. It's more of a curiosity. It's more of a, um, how can this add value or how can I add value to this? How can this make things happen? So you mentioned this podcast. Mm-hmm. And from what I understand, you've gotten a lot of visibility from this podcast mm-hmm. opp- opportunity, mm-hmm. and you've you've had a lot of really great um, people reach out for wanting to do interviews, and for um, people that you have seen that that you've been able to collaborate to do interviews with. In fact, it's because of your relationship with my wife, the fact that you both work in the same industry, that made this possible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you have 
so many opportunities to make this happen. And then once it does happen, you're able to use the energy that you have and then go away and decompress, waiting for the next opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, almost, like a, almost like a Venus flytrap, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Yes, that's true. That is true. <laughs> I really like that analogy. Um, so the problem that I have is when I want to take on all of the opportunities, right? And so what part of my human design is that? So that's, that's the opportunistic part of you um, um, colliding with the hermit side of you, because again, as, as well as now you, now you're going into generator energy mm. because the perpetual need to go after every single opportunity that you have, you you have a very limited scope of what you're able to create. Mm -hmm. Yes, you're a creator. You can create great things, but there's still a limit. Yeah. After a while, the the manifestor energy stops, mm -hmm. and the generator energy is is where it would begin. Is where we would continue. Mm -hmm. So if you if you had someone that you were connected with, where you said these are all the opportunities that I want or these are all the opportunities that I have and I need to follow up with them in some way, but I am incapable of being able to follow up with all of them. And you had someone in your entourage that you could say, here, follow up with these, mm -hmm. especially when they were a generator. Yeah. Now, not only are you honoring yourself, you're honoring their ability to sustain energy in going after those things that you have given to them. You have presented them with something that they have to respond to, mm -hmm. which is generator energy. And they're able to, go much further with that than you ever will. So this is a perfect example of where like a VA, a virtual assistant mm -hmm. would be invaluable to somebody like me Yes, because their tendencies would be generator, right? Yes, because VA's, uh, VA by nature responds to what the person they're working for needs. Mm -hmm. I need this. Okay, I'll go do that. And just they, they go, they come back, they give you a report and they say, this is what I've done. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Or actually, I need, I need, you, to, I need you to work on this and make this better. Okay, great. And then they just go off and do. They, they, don't, they don't question, they just do. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's one of those things where the, the generator is baffled by the manifestors. How are they able to just to create so many opportunities? Yeah. At the same time, the manifestor is baffled by the generator. How are they able to go on for so long, keep on doing without getting tired? <laughs> it's so true. Oh my goodness. And it's, this is probably why um, I like, I put videos together. I know how to edit. I know how to do all of that, but those things um like, especially on the podcast, anyway, the editing side of things, like I could talk until I'm blue in the face now, like with guests, right. But the after work, like getting it out, marketing it all like this is all making so much sense, my Lord. Okay, so now what is the answer? The answer is Tiffany needs to hire somebody else to do this stuff after I'm done talking, right? Is that right. what you're saying? Yep. So basically someone who excels in doing the, the editing, the, the splicing together, as well as putting the show notes together, putting it onto the platforms that you want and just doing that as a um, gig for you. Yeah. Yeah. Makes so much sense. So 
I highly, 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 highly recommend that people look, if you haven't heard of human design or looked into it, I highly recommend contacting Jason and getting answers for their own human design and it will blow your mind. <laughs> I can guarantee it. Mind if I blow your mind just a little bit more? Oh, please do. This okay, is so, so like I could talk for 400 hours about this. <laughs> <laughs> so this is something that I actually use when I am helping a person uh, really understand who they are, whether it be a man or a woman, regardless of their circumstance. When, when I am talking to them, helping them create the kind of relationships that are going to help them get to their goals, find yeah. out what it is that they need. I use human design because it helps a person understand where they are at their strongest and what they need to, um, who they need to connect with in order to show up the things that they are more deficient in. Mm -hmm. It also helps in understanding what creates tension and what actually helps to release tension. Mm -hmm. So for instance, Tiffany, your non-self, the thing that, that you experience when you are not being true to yourself is anger. Mm -hmm. However, when you are true to yourself and you are paying attention to the parts of you that that need to be paid attention to and only paying attention to those you are at a you are, you are in a sense of peace mm -hmm. you feel like all is right with the world and nothing can go wrong it's like it's like you just took a um you just laid back at the end of the day and say this is a good day yeah and just and it was all is right with the world and god said that's good and it's <laughs> it's it's this just that kind of dynamic that manifestors have with a generator like myself, if I do something that does not honor me, I feel intense frustration. And it, it, I, I just, I act angry, but really it's, it's a sense of frustration that I'm experiencing. However, when I feel like I am honoring myself and that I'm being honored for who I am, I feel an intense sense of satisfaction. Mm -hmm. So by understanding how a person um, is able to, um, be themselves and what the indicators are when they're not is a huge bonus to be able to really deal with the tension created between themselves and another person mm -hmm. because they can pay attention to the, to the thing that they can control, which is their thoughts, their feelings, their beliefs, and their actions. Mm -hmm. And only that. Mm -hmm. And then they can allow that other person to be who they need to be. And believe it or not, when you are true to yourself, it inspires a person to be true to themselves as well, just because you're modeling the fact that you are in your best state, whether it be satisfaction, whether it be peace, whether it be success, or whether it be surprise and delight. Mm -hmm. it, it just, when you have that, that feeling of being at your best, people notice and they ask the question, how can I be at my best? Yeah. And they, they emulate that to the best of their ability. And I have seen that with myself over the last year is um, just being true to myself and really recognizing who I am is I've heard from a lot of people, like, how can I do the same thing? Right. So mm -hmm. I, I absolutely agree with that. This would be so invaluable for not just relationships, but businesses. Absolutely. And knowing what kind of employees that you have and where, like <laughs> what they are, like if they are generators, put them in generator roles or mm -hmm. make sure that that's, you know, the skill set that, or the uh, area of the company that they're in, 
so that you can get more accomplished, right? And that there is less frustration between the employees. Absolutely. Because when you are in the role that you're supposed to be in and not the role that you feel you should be in, Mm-hmm. that's when you feel you are, you are at your best. The moment that you, you let your ego decide, this is where I should be. Mm-hmm. That is when you stop honoring yourself. And that's when people run into trouble. Okay. So now, you know, my story, I went to school for accounting for 10 extremely excruciating, painful, awful long years. Yeah. And I knew I shouldn't be doing it. So what does that mean in my human design? What was not, <laughs> what was not working there for me? Oh, the fact that you're going into accounting. <laughs> <laughs> you, you were, you were doing a generator's job. Right. And so that's why I was so effing miserable all of those years. Yes. Because you were, you were learning how to respond to numbers. You were learning how to respond to the information that was being given to you instead of creating information. Oh, instead of creating things. (laughs) Really? Yes. So, so an accountant, all they do is they respond. Mm -hmm. They, they uh, take what is given to them and they turn it into a profit and loss statement. They, they say, this is how much you've earned, this is how much you owe, and this is how much you, you've you uh, spent. Mm-hmm. And that's that, that's what generators do. <laughs> that, that's what they're <laughs> supposed to do. Whereas a manifester, they're more of the kind of person who would, if they were in any kind of role similar to that, they'd be the kind of person who informs the, the, um, the accountant of what needs to be done. This is the kind of thing that you should be looking for. These are the kinds of irregularities. A, um, a, a, any kind of director or any, any kind of person in a managerial role is great for, um, as, as a manifester. Mm-hmm. There are some generators who excel in, in, in managerial roles as well, but usually it's the person that is, that is creating the ideas that, mm-hmm. that, that is, that is informing people of what they need to do or is, or is informing others of what needs to be done before it gets done. Mm-hmm. That, that a manifestor really, really excels at me not being a manifestor. It's, it's a little bit difficult for me to really um, talk about what manifestors do. I mean, one of the, one of the best examples would be Steve jobs. Mm-hmm. Because he had an idea of one, how to create a, um, a actually how to create a community that was mm-hmm. surrounding a device yep. and how that device created a culture. Yeah. If that isn't creating, I don't know what is. Absolutely. He wasn't necessarily focused on the product itself. It was the, the community and the, how it made people feel. Right. So the thing with manifestors is, that most people don't understand them because they are conceptualizing something that has either never been done before or has an idea that is so outlandish that how could it possibly work? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they, they know what needs to be done. So they say, shut up and just do what I tell you. I'm laughing because, oh my make sense because there's so many times where I've gone into meetings or and I have I just know I can see it already Mm -hmm. I already know what it could look like 
like at work, a new system, like I already know exactly how it can work and how it can help the company. So just listen. <laughs> right. I, I know what, what I'm talking about and I know what I'm doing. And they're all like, they give me these <laughs> looks like, huh? What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> huh? And, but then I end up, you know, directing traffic and it happens. Mm -hmm. So that is wild. It's all making sense now. Right. So um, there, there's another piece to this. So the, the generator has a duty to respond. The manifesto has a duty to inform. Mm -hmm. The projector has a duty to direct. And the reflector has a duty to indicate. Mm -hmm. And what that means is just like what you said, as a manifesto, what you were doing was basically, okay, so this is how you do it. Just stop talking for a second. Just listen to what I have to say. Shut up and do the work. <laughs> and then you just lay it all out and say, now go. Do yeah. do the thing. Do the damn thing. <laughs> and that's th th that's where your responsibility ends. Once you give it off, mm -hmm. you no longer have the you no longer are responsible nor are you um capable of doing anything more with what you've just done. But that's where I get into trouble is where I try to. Yes. And that's that that's where you that's where the, you can go off the rails. Mhm. Mm and get frustrated with myself and mm -hmm. And so now that all makes sense. So anyone listening <laughs> that knows me, just say, stop, stop now. That's where, <laughs> that's where you need to stop and just let somebody else do it like a generator, right? Like a mm -hmm. VA or something. Exactly. Oh my goodness. Anything else? No, not really. That, that's pretty much all for human. That, 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 that is the most for the surface level stuff of human design. There's way more that you can get into, way into the weeds. but Way into the weeds. Yeah. But all really good information too. But it is, yeah. Like when you get into the astrological signs and all of that good stuff, it can go very, very deep, which I know because Jason and I had a very <laughs> deep one. <laughs> right. But I can... I can honestly say it made me understand myself so much better. So like I said, highly recommend it. Where can people find you? So they can find me on Facebook, jason.ian.matthews. If they're more interested in learning about how I can help them with their relationships or with being able to really become the powerful leader they need to be, they can go to relatum.com forward slash power, or they could just schedule a consult consultation with me at relatum.com forward slash connections. Okay, first slash connection. And I'd be more than happy to talk with them. Um, otherwise, you can reach me on Facebook. My Instagram handle is the compa um, is Compassionate Power. Um, no, the Compassion Strategist. It's, it'll, it'll, it'll be on the show notes. Yeah. Um, so you can reach me either on Instagram or Facebook. And I'd love to be able to contact you, connect with you, and find out how I can help you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. All of that information will be in the show notes. And I am just so grateful that you were here today to talk about this because it's so valuable to help people understand each other. And as soon as we start to understand ourselves, first of all, it helps us understand other people. And I know for a fact that the more that I look into this stuff and learn about this, the more compassion that I am developing. Yeah, because you begin to have, you begin to forgive yourself more for any ne negative or limiting thoughts, feelings, and beliefs that you created for yourself. 
mm-hmm. based on your lack of understanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So today I am grateful for, I'm just going to say it, human design <laughs> and that that is actually a thing because, and you pointing out that I just need to like stop at certain points because I'm going to be a much happier person with this information. What are you grateful for today? I am grateful for being able to have the kind of connections that I have, especially right here, right now with you, being able to have these connections with you, develop the relationship that we have over the past couple of months mm-hmm. and just really getting to know um, you more. And I, the, I, I love getting to know people. So I guess the thing that I'm most grateful for is my ability to connect with other people and mm-hmm. get to know them on a more um, intimate level and be able to really appreciate them for who they are and the the marvelous human beings that they are. Absolutely. And on that note, thank you very, very much for being here today. And I have a feeling that you're going to be back because there's going to be some people that are going to want to know more about human design. And that includes me. And maybe one day um, we will go in deeper on my human design. Okay. Sounds like, help, sounds like a plan. Help people understand it even more. So thank you again for your time. Thank you so much for having me. Jason, thank you again so much for being on my podcast and sharing this incredible information with me and my listeners. I'm not kidding people. Do yourself a favor and find out your human design makeup. It will help you understand yourself so much better. And if you do it for other people you know and love, it will help you understand them as well. And don't you agree, wouldn't the world be a better place if we understood each other just a little bit better? I sure think so. Check out my website podcast page for the show notes on this episode. That is where you will find all of the information to contact Jason and work with him. Highly, highly, highly recommend hanging out with Jay for an hour. I can guarantee you'll laugh more than once and walk away, blown away. Just a reminder, my website is now up and has absolutely everything related to this podcast on it, as well as my coaching business and personal blog. One of my favorite spots on my podcast page, hands down, are the reviews, because they make my heart burst every time I see them. Because any podcaster will tell you that reviews are what keep us going. If you would like to leave me a review, I have a spot on my podcast page on my website that walks you through how to do that. So please be sure and check that out. Next up on the podcast is the last episode of season three, and it's also episode number 50. And for this episode, I will be talking about the direction that season four will be taking, and I can't wait to share what that is. I have some amazing guests already lined up for season four that you are not going to want to miss hearing from. Also next episode, I will talk in more detail about the coaching services that I will have available starting in September. Please be sure and tune in and send me a DM if you have any questions you'd like answered in this episode. Once again, I am super grateful that you were here today and until next time, please Be kind and stay well. Bye-bye.